The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. The History Hour, celebrating the rich history of Long Island. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. Good evening. I'm Dale Spencer, your your host. And, of course, you're listening to History Island on 103.9 FM LA Talk Radio. Um, I'd like to uh, thank my producer, John Gifford, my research director, Janet Rishbeter, Mike Scudero, as usual, who is always a big help with technical stuff with us. And tonight, we well, we spent Christmas at home, having a nice Christmas show and playing some Christmas music. And we talked about a lot about New Year's and the history there. And we're going to actually take a little turn out on the road again. And we're heading down to the village of Patchogue. And beautiful village, an amazing place that's made an amazing comeback in the last number of years. And um, our special guest tonight to talk about that is going to be Steve Lucas. He is a historian for the, that area, the Patchogue area, um, treasurer for the Greater Patchogue Historical Society, also a big part of the curatorial team there with some other great people that do that work. Um, he's a spokesman for them many times. He's also the author of a great book um, on Arcadia Publishing um, called Patchogue. And that book was put out in 2021. It's part of the past and present series of the Arcadia Publishing uh, book. If you want to buy that book, you could go down and buy it at the museum in the old Carnegie Library in Patchogue. Um, it's a, a great, great, beautiful building. It's a long story. We'll let Steve tell you its history. But um, it's a beautiful little museum. It's open Fridays and Saturdays. You go around the back and you go down the entrance in the back. And uh, you can buy that book there and various other things. An amazing setup. And uh, it also can be bought on Amazon. So you could get it there. So we're going to go and we're going to do, a, a, like I said, um, some Content about Patchogue, an amazing history. Patchogue, of course, started really happening around the early 1800s, and people started moving in, and um, a giant mill industry grew there compared to other places on Long Island. Um, it was also a big shipbuilding place because of um, the ships that needed to be built to go out and uh, take care of the clamming industry and the um, scalping industry. So, and there's a lot to say about the town, more than I could ever say in any short period of time. But uh, let's not waste any time. Uh, let's jump right in, and we're going to introduce our guest, Steve Lucas. Thanks, Dale. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here and talk about Patchogue. That's uh, one of my favorite things to do. Uh, yeah, and it's a great subject to be able to talk about. So, uh, Pat, a little Patchogue history, first of all. Uh, between eight, uh, 1750 and 1800, it was mainly, the area mainly consisted of subsistence farming. Uh, there were approximately 30 families in the area, or less than 30 families, uh, up until the uh, mid-1800s, early 1800s, when Justice Rowe uh, came down from Setauket, Justice Rowe of the famous Austin Rowe uh, Culpus Spy Ring. He was part of that family, came down to... Uh, Patchogue and built his first hotel on Main Street. It was actually uh, Rose Tavern. And uh, a little early on, a uh, little later than that, 
the uh, the uh, Patchogue had their beginnings uh, of um, uh, with farming and oystering and fishing and shipping industries. By the 1850s, there were 300 people living in the Patchogue area that made their living from oysters and clamming. Uh, more than uh, so, more and more boats needed to be uh, constructed, and a rise in shipbuilding on the Patchogue River. At one point in time, there were uh, 12 actual boatyards constructing boats on the Patchogue River. One of the most famous ones was uh, Gil Smith's boatyard. Also, the Weeks boatyard, uh, which is uh, still there to this very day. Oh, I was going to say, um, one of the Weeks is going to come down and speak at the Historical Society soon, right? That's correct. Uh, on February 12th from uh, at 2 o'clock at our museum on Main Street, we're having Kevin Weeks uh descendant of the original owner uh, and established, who established the, the firm back in the uh, late 1800s is going to be putting on a presentation. I hope everybody can join us. No, it's free admission, and uh, I understand there's going to be free uh, yummies and uh, drinks, too. So stop down. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. Everyone should go visit that museum. Um, and uh, just to make sure I got this right, your general hours, you're open uh, Fridays and Saturdays? Fridays and Saturdays, we're open from 12 to 3 uh, every week. Uh, you should stop in and see all the old photographs of Patchogue, um, a lot of artifacts, and uh, everybody there is very friendly, and just you know, feel free to stop in any time during those hours, ask questions, or even just hang around. Oh, yeah, that's great. I actually was down there last week, and I talked to a great couple of people down there, really helpful and full of information, and they're just dying to share the information with everyone. It's a, it's a passion for people who do this. Um, let me ask you a question. Um, what about the history of that place where you have your museum now, the Carnegie Library? The Carnegie Library was actually it's called that because it was actually uh, funded and uh, built by uh, Andrew Carnegie of the uh, steel industry back in the uh, 1800s. Early 1900s, he had amassed so much money that uh, he decided to uh, become a bit of a philanthropist and started these libraries all over the country. Uh, so in, in 1908, the funds were provided by him to build this uh, uh, library. It originally was on uh, Lake Street, corner of Lake Street and uh, North Ocean Avenue, and was moved uh, a couple of oh, five, six years ago to its current location next to the courthouse on uh, Main Street. And uh, if you've never seen a building move, that was it's a solid brick building totally put up on uh, on the dollies and moved to its current location, which is about four or five blocks away in the middle of the night. Wow, of course, when there's no traffic on the well, road. Well, no, yeah, they had to drop down the wires, uh, the overhead wires, and, and move it. And it was all done by uh, remote control, almost like a video game. It was a fascinating thing to, to watch. They started at 4 in the afternoon and finished about 3 the following morning. I was there the whole time, took movies of it. Uh, which movies we have, videos we have at the museum. So if you stop down and ask to see that, we can put that on the screen for you. And, um, and how did you guys manage to fund this? Did you have help from anyone with that? It's, it's a long story. I don't know if I can tell it in the next uh, few minutes, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try and give you the thumbnail sketch. It was uh, uh, slated to be actually turned into a pile of bricks. Uh, oh. it, was, uh, it was going to be torn down, and then a groundswell of community activists 
uh, got together and persuaded the village, the uh, Patrick Medford Library, Tritech uh, Construction, um, the uh, Suffolk County, and various other private uh, contributors all got together to save this uh, building and have it placed on its current location. Oh, what an uh, amazing story. If you stop down at the, at the museum, I can tell you the whole story. It would probably take the rest of the show to tell you how that actually happened. Right, but that's pretty amazing. And, of course, a team effort by people in the village from top to bottom. That's absolutely true. It was a massive uh, amount of cooperation between uh, at least six or eight different entities. And I believe the upstairs there is the children's library, right? That's right. The upstairs part of the uh, building is the children's department, uh, teen center. It's actually called the teen center for the Patrick Medford Library. Oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. So many people might drive by that building all the time and never really notice it. Well, that's true. If you come in from the, uh, like from Sable, if you come in from the west heading east and you come down Main Street, you'll see this beautiful uh, old uh, building on the corner of West Avenue and Main Street, uh, right next to the courthouse. And you wonder, how could any, you might start thinking, how can anybody allow that ugly old courthouse to be built right next to this beautiful historic building? But it's, as it turns out, it didn't happen quite that way. Oh uh, yeah, no, no story is ever that simple. <laughs> That's true. Well, we had our visit there, and we really, really enjoyed it. The people, including uh, Steve here, who who spend time there as docents and give us information, they're very passionate about the history. The displays that they have set up in that beautiful little museum are really, really awesome. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the other people that also uh, handled the hours there would be uh, Jim and Allison, my wife Rosemary, Guy and Linda, and uh, and Gary uh, Stefani, they're all very passionate about history and uh, happy to answer any questions. Yes, and our our heartfelt thanks to all of them because in the last few weeks when we were doing some research about this show, we spent quite a bit of time down there. And the truth is, I mean, I'm a history person, but you don't want to leave once you go in. It's a really, really amazing place, and it's very engaging and interesting, and some of the history of Patchogue is just it's it's awesome history and there's so much of it um so yeah so anyway go down and visit the museum there uh, pick up a copy of steve's book um it's a really good book and they're all autographed so uh, don't worry about that even if i'm not there they, we do have autographed copies for you oh there you go and if you really want to meet steve when you get the book um just give them a call and find out when he's going to be in because he's regularly there mm-hmm. But not all the time. Right. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, we're going to go to a commercial break and um, just hang on there and we'll be back and we'll have a lot more to say about Pacho. Welcome back. So if you want a great slice of pizza or some great Italian food, take a trip down to Gino's Pizza on Portion Road in Lake Ronkonkoma. Gino's Pizza has been voted the number one pizza place on Long Island for the last two years running, and they have a great, great menu. 
They also are a very family-style restaurant where they will take good care of you when you come in. You won't feel like you're a stranger in Gino's Pizza. Um, Austin and Dom and Marco will make you feel like you're part of the family when you go in to eat there. They also have some really great Italian food. Um, the place is packed many days of the week, but it's well worth it to go. So Gino's Pizza, number one pizza place for the last two years in a row. Our other new sponsor is BLD's Restaurant on Hawkins Avenue in Lake Ronkonkoma. BLD's is a great family-style, I'm say you could almost say diner-type restaurant, and they have a large menu. You can get breakfast there morning to night. You can also get dinner there in the morning if you want. Um, Lisa and Mike, who run the place, they just do a great job. They will also invite you in and make you feel like your family when you go sit in there. BLD's got a great menu, too long to list here. But um, come down and give them a visit, and you'll see some of the great food that you can get in that area. Okay, so back to the show. So anyway, Steve, um, we were talking about the Carnegie Library. Yes, and it, uh, after it was moved over to its uh, current site, it was totally restored through uh, contributions from uh, uh, private donations and uh, through the efforts of uh, Tritech uh, Development Corporation also. And there's some uh, parts of the upstairs uh, of the library where the teen section is that uh, you can't tell the difference between original woodworking and fabrication and the items that were restored. It, it's really fabulous to take a look at it. And th thankfully, we were able to have that accomplished and save that historic uh, building. There's only one other one, uh, a Carnegie Library, still in existence on Long Island, and that's in uh, Northport. Oh, okay, in Northport. Oh. So anyway, let's talk a little about some of the early origins of the town um, and how uh, the mills started, for example, and how that led to some of the hotels being built. Well, the, uh, the most famous mill was the uh, uh, Patchogue Lace Mill that was on the uh, west end of town uh, at the, uh, between the Patchogue River and the Patchogue Lake. The lake was actually the result of the Patchogue River being dammed up, and back in the 18... Well, it was dammed up, you know, many uh, years before that. But the mill was built in the late 1800s. Uh, it was a reincarnation of an earlier mill that was a cotton uh, twine mill. And it became a vast uh, complex of many buildings. Uh, I'm sure many people are familiar with the look of that. It's uh, probably one of the most... Uh, uh, photographed uh, building in Patchogue over the last hundred and some odd years. Uh, and at one point in time, it was being, being called the Patchogue University or Patchogue College because so many of the local residents were employed there. Um, it uh, made lace curtains, lace mill, and even uh, up until uh, doing that type of business up until World War II, and they even made the uh, parachutes for the uh, army during that time. They converted it for the war effort in uh, in the 40s, in 1940s. Oh, that's a perfect uh, conversion for the, the needs of this country. And uh, they gradually, as, as families 
decided not to lace went out of style and they decided they didn't have formal dining rooms and table settings too much anymore in the uh, uh, early 50s they finally uh, went out of business and uh, Monsanto Chemical bought them out in 1954 and uh, they made all kinds of chemicals dyes perfumes uh, for many years uh, going forward into the 50s and then eventually it uh, uh, kind of went into uh, disarray shall we say and was abandoned for a number of years and then I'm sure Everybody remembers the, uh, the, the major fires that uh, took place there uh, in the uh, uh, early 70s. Yes, I, that was a big, big story at the time because the lace mill had been lost. And it was such a landmark. Everyone really knew about it that had any time that they spent in Patchogue. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, then the, the uh, land was... Uh, converted uh, and sold to uh, Sweezy's and uh, uh, to um, make uh, Sweezy's expanded over there and that didn't last only a couple of years and Briarcliff College took it over and had classes there for a number of years and now you have the uh, Blue Point Brewery. Right, um, and who's really been advanced in the last uh, decade and a half. Mm-hmm. They went from being a really small operation to being a pretty major um, brand. That's true. Uh, they started their little operation on River Avenue in Patchogue. It was just uh, two guys and a, and, a, and a small operation. I remember when they first started, and uh, it, it has expanded now to being, a, a sub, I believe it's a subsidiary or, or bought out by Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, I believe at some point Anheuser-Busch bought that, right? Um, I know that we went there in the 90s quite a few times. They used to do a nice summer live concert series outside in the yard there along Mm -hmm. River Avenue. And, of course, the tasting room would be open inside. And you'd get these really great bands who would come in and play. That's true. And uh, my son and uh, daughter-in-law actually were one of those bands. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and then we went to one when it was kind of in the winter and it was cold out. And what they did is they set the whole outside up by the tasting room with those big outdoor heaters, which were kind of a new thing at the time. So you could actually be out there in a 40 degree weather and enjoy yourself and watch a band play. Though I can't imagine how the bands could handle that. But, um, you know, just they've done a great job in town and to see them take that location over is really a nice change especially the way it had changed all around for so many years. Yeah, that was uh, one of the later incarnations of Patchogue uh, that they uh, contributed to with all of the, uh, you know, currently with all the restaurants and the uh, different arts and cultural events that go on in the uh, Patchogue Theater. Um, but prior to that, uh, one of the earliest earlier incarna- incarnations of Patchogue was uh, mom and pop retail stores, and there were many different retail uh, establishments in, in Patchogue prior to that. Uh, which you know, there's still some left, but sadly, not as many as there were back in the uh, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Right, and like in the heyday of Sweezy's, for example, um, these stores, all, that Main Street was just a great place to go shop. There were so many things there. Yeah, that was probably uh, in those years, uh, say between uh, the mid, mid to late 30s up until the early 60s, uh, 
that was the main shopping center of uh, Pat- of Suffolk County, Patchogue was. Yeah, right. The big place where everybody went. Sweezy's. Um, you know, it's hard for me to believe they ever went out of business, but that was uh, they were a major, major retailer. And everyone knew Sweezy's. Absolutely, especially uh, gift wrapping down in the uh, in the catacombs underneath there. The people call it. It was a little tiny uh, room down there where you could get gift wrapped during the holiday season, and the, uh, the the crooked stairs and creaky stairs going upstairs to the uh, to the gift shop area. It was a great place to go. Yeah, a great town really to live in, and um, we we love Patchogue. We always have. Um, we did see it then, of course, it's gone through ups and downs over the years, so we did see a period after that. Maybe that was in the 70s where the town started kind of fading away somewhat. A, a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the in the late 70s and 80s, uh, it was kind of in a bit of a decline. And uh, then uh, thanks to uh, the redevelopment of the Patchwork Theater, and the uh, Brickhouse Brewery on the other end of town kind of led the way to develop Patchog into uh, what it is today, a, a land of uh, restaurants and uh, places of entertainment and a uh, great place to have a meal. I mean, you can go throughout the whole year, 365 days a year, have a different dinner every night. I know, that's great. Hey, everybody, you're listening to History Island on 103.9 FM Talk, well, LI Talk Radio. I'm Dale Spencer, your host. And I'm here with Steve Lucas talking about Pacho. We'll be right back. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We've got a really good one tonight for you. By the way, you're talking to Dale Spencer and Steve Lucas. I'm your host, Dale. We're on History Island, 103.9 FM, LI News Radio. By the way, if you want to um, get in touch with us, you can always email me at historyislandli at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your comments and ideas that you might have. Okay, so let's get back to the show. So anyway, Steve, um, let's talk a little about um, some of the rest, uh, some of the hotels that got built up in town. That's a pretty amazing history, too. Yeah, well, I've already mentioned about the, the currently the restaurants uh, and, and cultural uh, ideas and, and performances that are currently in Patchogue, and prior to that, about the uh, the major retail center that it used to be. But uh, prior to that, uh, Patchogue also uh, uh, one time back, uh, say from the 1860s up until the 1920s, was a major resort area, if you can believe that. Um, the Long Island Railroad, or the at the time the Southside Railroad. Uh, came out to, to the Patchogue area in 1869, and it was like it, it was the end of the line. You couldn't go any further in 1869 than Patchogue on the railroad. So, but for then, for that period of time and the next 10 years, uh, Patchogue developed a major tourist and resort uh, industry. So much so that by uh, 1900. The turn of the century, there were over 35 hotels in Patchogue. As you know, if you can believe that, it, it, it was actually called the uh, Hamptons before the Hamptons were built. It was that big of a tourist industry. Uh, you had uh, major, major resort hotels 
that would uh, rent by the week and month and for the uh, entire season. So because of that, uh, you had, uh, that's what led to the development of the uh, retail and service industries for, uh, to, to provide everything that those hotels required. Wow, that's, uh, that amount of, of hotels in that small space is really amazing. It is, and I mean, that includes, you know, rooming houses and boarding houses, too, but there were many, many uh, major hotels that uh, had uh, upwards of uh, 200 rooms in them. That's uh, it's amazing, because people would come out and visit. Right, the, uh, the families would come out and visit. Uh, stay, a lot of them would stay for the season, and the, uh, the fathers and husbands would uh, take the train back into Manhattan uh, and to go to work and, and commute back and forth while the, while the family stayed at the, at the resort hotels. Right, and vacation in this beautiful place. Right. And, and then also you could um, access Fire Island beaches from there, right? Uh, yes, there was uh, ferry service. Not exactly the ferry service you have today. There was... Uh, a small sailboat uh, that developed uh, in Patchogue, a small sailboat ferry company that would go back and forth to Fire Island uh, as needed. It wasn't really a schedule thing. And if you want to see what that uh, that ferry looks like, you just uh, visit the Patchogue Medford Library and the stairs on the stairs going down to the lower level. Uh, there's a big mural there that shows what that ferry looked like. Oh, that's uh. that. Uh, that mural had uh, was restored and obtained by the uh, Greater Patchogue Historical Society. Once hung in the uh, Union Savings Bank, and we had that restored and uh, donated it to the uh, the library to put on that wall. So uh, it's a representation of the Patchogue River about 1910. Oh wow! Okay. So I know that um, up from Ronkonkoma, where I'm from, we had the Halleck family, and they used they were a fairly wealthy family. They boarded their house out every uh, all the upstairs rooms to renters for the summer. And at the end of the summer, every year, they would go down and take one of those boats, arrange for it, and go over to Fire Island and have a big end-of-the-year party for all their boarders who stayed for the season. Yeah, giant clam bake. Yep, it was the biggest <laughs> event of the year for them. <laughs> And so, um, and amazingly, like I, I've read a story from um, the 1800s about a woman who came out and she was visiting Long Island. So she took the train. She started out in Ronkonkoma. She got off. And then she went up and visited friends in Center Reach by horse and buggy, of course. And then her next trip, the biggest part of it for her, was she was going down to Patchogue to have stay in one of the hotels and have fine meals in the restaurants that she found. Right, and that's, that's what really started the tradition of restaurants in Patchogue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to this day, uh, you could practically have a different dinner every night of the week for uh, a full year and not have to cook at home. Just come down to Patchogue and eat on Main Street in one of the uh, fine restaurants there. Yep, and they're all over the place. Me and my wife have went to many of them to eat over the years, and um, we just love it down there. I mean, the revival now of Patchogue has been amazing. But um, So the railroad had a lot to do with helping people come in and do the tourist trade. Then. Yeah, the, the railroad was the uh, main instigator for the tourist trade back in uh, the late 1800s. Uh, without that, the... You know, it's probably would have, well, it would have developed, but it would have been a much uh, slower pace. 
Exactly, right. And I know it ended there and eventually it went farther east. And years, years later, we got the Montauk line. Um, and, you know, that's been a vital thing for Long Islanders, especially people who have to commute to the city. Um, I know there's still that big train that runs the Cannonball that brings people out to the Hamptons on Friday nights. Well, I think the Cannonball goes all the way out to, to Montauk, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. I think it does it with almost no stops. Yeah, maybe one or two. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, just a couple of stops on the way. But this, so, and, and around the, um, so we had all this stuff happen that was great there. There's been some ups and downs. And I guess at one point, the town started losing a lot of its luster, I would say. Well, before that, I, I just want to mention, we were talking about trains a little bit in the Long Island Railroad. I think I would be uh, remiss in my duties as uh, uh, talking about the history of Patchogue uh, without talking about the trolley. The, oh, the Patchogue the, trolley. The, right. the so-called Patchogue trolley. If you, It went from Sayville to Patchogue uh, through uh, Blue Point and then uh, up to Holtzville. But if you lived in Patchogue, it was the Patchogue trolley. If you lived in Sable, it was the Sable, the Sable trolley. trolley. You know, right. you know how that goes. But uh, it ran uh, from the tracks were put down on Main Street in Patchogue uh, in 1907. The trolley ran from 1909 to 1919, and uh, throughout that 10 years, uh, it was very profitable for them. But uh, they they. The, in 1919, the uh, the rise of the uh, less expensive automobile kind of put the uh, the, the the slow uh, death to the to the trolley, and buses came into you know more prominence, and even bicycles. So the trolley only had like a real 10-year um, existence, profitable existence. Right, and the bicycle age is an amazing story of Patchogue too, because of all the bike trails that were out there. Well, that's true, and you even had the uh, what's called the uh, the century runs that they used to do in uh, on bicycles in the early 1900s. Uh, would start in Brooklyn, uh, come out to Patchogue, which is about 50 miles. Uh, they would stay overnight at uh, one of the hotels, one of the uh, more famous hotels is the Rowe Ro Family Hotel, a Rowe Hotel. Uh, Mr. Rowe was, I believe, the president of the, uh, the bicycle club that, uh, that, that would sponsor these bicycle events between Brooklyn and, uh, and Patchogue. They would stay over and then go back the other 50 miles to Brooklyn the next day, uh, hence the Century Club, or 100 miles. Right. And, of course, we're not talking a small amount of bicycles here. No. We're talking a very major club yeah, and a major if, operation. If you come down to the museum, you'll see pictures of them. There's pictures of them. We even have a, uh, a headlamp from one of the antique bicycles on display down there, along with the fare box uh, from one of the Patchogue trolleys that uh, used to run. So uh, there's a lot to see in that museum. So you should come down here and take a look at those things. Oh, yeah, and that's a great item. I missed that one when I was down there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I know that um, the whole bicycle thing, I know at one point the Long Island Railroad had special cars to hold the bicycles. That's right. 
And then you also have uh, the story about Mile a Minute Murphy, but he's not a Patchogue guy, so we'll we'll just let it go with that. Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother kind of story. When we talk about a green lawn in um, Huntington, we might talk about that story then. Yeah, but yeah it's an, pretty amazing. But the bicycle age was, it's an amazing phenomenon. The bicycle became so popular that everybody was doing that. And that area was had wonderful bike trails. From yeah, and we have pictures uh, from the late 1890s, I think, at the museum that shows uh, women with their very long skirts uh, and fancy hats riding the bicycles on Main Street. You wonder how that was ever accomplished with that amount of clothing on. Oh, uh, yeah, that might have been interesting, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, see, a lot of stuff to see at the museum. Yes, and so it's a, it's highly advised to do a visit there. And um, so as as the town went along, um, the, and, you know, of course, another thing that people might not realize is that the trolley line was going not just east and west, but north and south. Yes, it uh, eventually it was supposed to actually link up, uh, go up North Ocean Avenue, and eventually link up with the trolley that was in Port Jefferson that came up the hill from the uh, ferry, if you're familiar with Port Jefferson. Uh, it was supposed to link up with that, but the uh, the story goes that it only, uh, the Patchogue trolley, which actually was not a trolley, it was a storage battery streetcar. Everybody calls it a trolley, but technically it was a storage battery streetcar. You, you can use that on trivia night sometime. But uh, the, uh, the Suffolk Traction Railway Company, the owner of that, which ran the trolley, was related to the president of the Long Island Railroad, so he thought he could automatically gain access to a bridge over the Long Island Railroad to make his trolley go to Port Jeff. But the owner of the Long Island Railroad prevented that from happening, looked at it as competition, and said, even though you're related, too bad for that. And, and, of course, we get to this modern age, and now, well, you know, you can take a bus, but there's no trains that go north and south on Long Island anymore. Um, there was a couple of trolley lines back in those days, um, like especially this one, but that's not something we have anymore. No, it's no. such a car culture here now, you know, and if you want to ride the train, you're riding the train east or west. So it's a shame that if that had actually successfully been completed, it might have survived to this day. Yeah, you never know. As a matter of fact, when people come into the museum, they say, you know, why, do, why can't we bring back the trolley? Well, that, that would be a major operation. But uh, you can see pictures of it. And we even have a section of track that was dug up from in front of the museum. We have the piece of track on display at the museum. So you can see what that looked like. Oh, that's great. But I guess that was buried on the main street at one point. Huh? Yes, it was. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so um, yeah, it's all amazing. So, and and as we get to the more modern age we live in now, some great things are happening in Patchogue. That's more than we're going to be able to talk about on this show. But one thing I would want to mention is, for example, um, the Great South Bay Music Festival. That's right. Yeah, the uh, that developed a number of years ago. And they have that down at Shorefront Park uh, every year, except the past couple because of COVID uh, restrictions and whatnot. But uh, that is a major draw. And uh, I mentioned my son and daughter-in-law, uh, they played in a band down there at, uh, in, in that uh, venue, well, I think once or twice. So uh, I have to get the, the, uh, my daughter-in-law, Michelle, and son, Steve, they were down there a couple of times. So I thought I'd mention that too. Oh, yeah, that's great. Do you know their band's name? 
Uh, well, they were in a couple of different bands. I'm be honest with you, I'm not sure which one was playing down there. Right. So, uh, right. But I know they were. And and it's just has had great performers, major music stars playing there each year, and uh, it's a really great festival. Um, I know once I went many years ago, I believe when the former mayor was there, they had a great Irish festival down in that park. Uh, they make a big deal out of St. Patrick's Day Parade to win Patrick. So. Yeah, yeah, and New Year's Eve, St. Mm-hmm. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Um, we have some pictures in the museum of many different parades. Par- uh, parades were always a big hit in Patrick going back hundreds of years. Yeah, it's a festive town, and places like that, that's what they did there. They would have parades and celebrate everything that went on. Of course, another thing that goes on on Main Street, and I think maybe this didn't happen recently, but it was there for a long time, was a Live After Five. That's true. Yeah, Live After Five is, uh, uh, has been uh, a big draw down there, so much so that it's been uh, copied out in Riverhead also. They do it. Yeah. But uh, you heard it here first. It was invented in Patchogue. That is right. It started out in Patchogue. And I went, the first time I went, I was just blown away by how many people were walking around on Main Street. All the bars and restaurants were doing things. Their bands were playing all over the place on the street. Um, it was just a great festival for young people, teenagers, family people, and the kids. It's, a, you know, one of those yeah, types even, of uh, Even the service organizations, many of them and the nonprofits had uh, tables and booths set up for Live After Five, too. So it wasn't just a uh, a party atmosphere although that was a uh, you know a, a main feature but you did have uh, many other aspects to it yeah and i remember that at one point they felt that the people spilling out of the bars it was getting a little too much for families who would walk by with kids so they made a way to limit that and gave each bar an outdoor little space where the people hanging out there who wanted to drink could drink and they weren't bothering the families who might not want to be and, exposed to them. And they came up with a, a family fun night, which was geared more towards uh, more family operations and not just the uh, the bar atmosphere. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Patchogue, it's an amazing plate. It's really a team effort, the whole thing, between all the different people, right? The administration down there and... Yeah, it's... Because uh, the, the, uh, it is an incorporated village, so we do have a mayor and a, and a board of trustees and whatnot, and uh, our current mayor, Paul Pontieri, has done a fabulous job for quite a number of years now. And uh, you're right, Dale, the, uh, the, the level of cooperation between the various organizations and the, and the Chamber of Commerce, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention... Uh, Uh, Dave Kennedy and the wonderful job he does with the Chamber of Commerce. But uh, everybody cooperates so well in the entire uh, area, the entire village of Patchogue. And it's it's just like uh, one big family, like they... uh Say on uh, used to say on Cheers, everybody knows your name. It's it's like that in Patchogue for practically everything. Yeah, pretty amazing. So anyway, um, that's uh, kind of a a little look at Patchogue. We're going to come back next week and we're going to take a look at the Patchogue Theater and some of the other modern events that are going on in the town there. Everyone, make sure you take a visit down at the Carnegie Library. A very interesting, great place to go to. And I want to thank you so much, Steve, for coming on tonight and and filling us in on all that information. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, Dale. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's been great. Oh, you can. It's my pleasure. So anyway, now um, we're gonna before we end our show, I'm gonna talk. I'll talk a little about music because we have 
something that happened in this last week, and we lost uh, a major world musician, and that was the guitar player, Jeff Beck. Now, he's an Englishman, and he was on from the early 60s until his death, sudden death a few weeks ago. He was um, uh, one of the better guitar players on earth. Uh, talked among, like among the people like Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton. In fact, he was in the same band with them. Now, he's not a Long Island guy, but the reason that I'm mentioning him on this Long Island show is because one of his bands he had, all very successful bands, was a band called Beck, Bogart, and Apice. And that featured Tim Bogart and Carmen Apice, famous Hall of Fame Long Island musicians who originally were in the Vanilla Fudge together. And the three of them formed a band at one point, and they did a tour and an album. And um, I just want to... Um, Give a shout out to Jeff Beck because if you've never heard him, listen to one of his songs. Um, there's one called Beth Beck's Bolero that is just an amazing, amazing song. So I wanted to honor that man because he did so much for music over the years. And um, then really, um, you just can't say enough about him. Now, right now, we have a lot of music going on in Patchogue too. So if you want to go to some of the clubs down there, um, there is some great places to see some music and um not everyone might know about it but you don't have to spend a million dollars and buy tickets from Ticketmaster to go see somebody these days unless you want to see you know taylor swift but you can go see local bands that are really really great and they're you know really into the music they play and it only costs you a couple of bucks but anyway go down do a walk around main street on in Patchogue. go down one night and eat in one of the restaurants take a visit to the museum down there it's an amazing town it's made an amazing comeback a real renaissance and everyone is a team member on that so um go visit Patchogue. um any closing words steve uh, just to uh, reiterate what Dale says, it's great, and uh, naturally my emphasis on the, is on the history of Patchog, and uh, it, it is a great place uh, to, to come and uh, visit. Uh, we'd love to have you come down and, visit and take a look at the museum. Uh, you can see uh, what it was like. Uh, we have many pictures that show what it was like, and in, in uh, the book that we have for sale shows what it is uh, pictures taken exactly at the same spot from uh, the old pictures and you can see a lot of before and after and uh, just have a good time at the museum come in and uh, look me up I'll be there personally this coming Friday and Saturday so uh, if you want to say hello stop in yeah come on down and visit um, I'm sure we'll I'm gonna go down there this next weekend myself so anyway, you're listening to History Island. I'm Dale Spencer, your host. We're on 103.9 FM LI News Radio. And join us here next week, and we're going to explore a little further into Patrick's history again. Thank you, and have a good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.